This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian perspective on the news. It's a Friday, so we'll spend some time with Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, the William Carey Bible Institute. We're at a time where big shifts are happening. We know the date for our general election later on in May of this year. We're living in a country where you never quite know what's going to happen next, and we have to get our heads around all of these things. We're grateful for you, Dr. Hammond. Good morning. Good morning, Brad. Well, yes, uh, we're heading towards elections. We now know the date. It's Wednesday, the 29th of May. So it's super important. The Bible tells us in Exodus 18.21, select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials. Well, I think that's a super important verse. We've got that right across the top of the savotersguide.org.za website. Uh, For many years, we've had this website savotersguide.org and uh, it was hacked and destroyed recently which is quite disturbing because and we weren't able to restore it somehow savotersguide.org if you go to it now it goes straight to um, a corona hungarian site i don't know why but obviously there's been some sabotage on the site so we had to rebuild it and the new address is savotersguide.org.za and uh, the uh, The website's been up and running since the beginning of this week. The new one that we had to put up to replace the hacked and destroyed one. So savotersguide.org.za has got the details on the different issues on um, and uh, biblical issues and where the different parties stand on it. It's so important that we vote our values. And uh, Exodus 18.21 gives a principle. Hmm. Capable men, select capable men. Well, that disqualifies a lot of the candidates. Men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. Well, that disqualifies most of the candidates out there. There's a lot of parties who are deeply mired in corruption, in uh, state capture, in all kinds of unethical behavior, Mm -hmm. or who support abortion and uh, euthanasia, legalized prostitution, legalized pornography, all kinds of things. Uh, perversion of gender, privileges for perverts, and so on. So as responsible citizens, Christians must strive to honor God in all areas of life. We must oppose evil, and we must work for righteousness. Christians, therefore, have a biblical duty to vote. Incredibly, if all the people who are eligible to vote, registered to vote, and actually voted, they would outnumber all the people who voted in the last election. So those who are eligible to vote and who didn't bother to register to vote or those who were registered but didn't actually turn out to vote, actually outnumber those who do vote. So next time a person asks you, what difference can my one vote make? Remind them of that important fact. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And amidst all the electioneering and unrealistic promises and media performances and slogan shouting and empty rhetoric, it's very difficult to maintain an objective perspective on reality. Certainly those who gave the Sona speech and so on 
seem to be living in another country and don't have any understanding of the real country that all of us live in. Many even find it difficult to discern between what is right and wrong during election campaigns, and there is a lot of deception. Mm. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive to hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. We must be careful not merely to listen to what is said, but to observe what is done. We need to cut through the vast volume of verbiage and evaluate each party, each candidate, in our area on the crucial biblical issues. And these are some of the key issues I've identified. Number one, does the candidate and his or her party acknowledge the authority of Almighty God? I mean, that's the first issue. And it's so disconcerting how many parties do not recognize the authority of Almighty God and do not support and humble submission to Almighty God in the preamble to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Number two, is the candidate a moral, trustworthy person of integrity? Or is this person known to be immoral or have a track record of lying and so on? Number three, does the party permit a free and open market economy based on private ownership of property and individual enterprise? Or does it hold to the discredited socialist strategies of state interference, central control, and nationalization? I mean, the Bible is quite clear. You shall not steal. Well, socialism is legalized theft. You shall not covet your neighbor's goods. Well, socialism is um, institutionalized envy. And just consider some of the facts. I remember when uh, I bought my first motorbike, 1981, my first motorbike cost me 1,000 rand. 1,000 rand, brand new motorbike, driven out of the shop window. I drove all the way uh, from Joburg down to Durban on Mm. on my motorbike, which ultimately took me on missions to Mozambique and all over the country and subcontinent. To think we used to be able to buy a motorbike for 1,000 rand. And then the year 2000, I could only buy a bicycle for a thousand rand. And now a thousand rand won't even buy a pair of running shoes. And then I also think back to first time I spoke at a, a church. I was given uh, as a brand new missionary, I was given an envelope with five rand on it, five rand note. And you know, five rand could fill the tank of my motorbike with petrol full. In fact, the first time I drove from Cape Town to Joburg on a motorbike, it cost me 32 rand fuel. Petrol cost me, to get me from Cape Town to Johannesburg, 32 rand was enough fuel money to get you to Johannesburg. And then I remember also back in 1980, um, an aircraft ticket from Cape Town to Johannesburg would be something like 45 rand. When I was growing up in the 1970s, I remember the rand was twice the strength of the dollar. You could get two American dollars for every South African rand. Now at 1994, because of all the sanctions, war, riots, disinvestment, sanctions, the rand had fallen to only one rand, uh, two rand for every dollar. So we were roughly two rand to dollar back in 1994. Now Mm. it's about 19 rand to the dollar. That steals from everyone the implosion of our currency. And this is all a result of socialism, printing more money than there's value to back it used to get on a currency, I promised to pay the bearer on demand one rand in gold. And you could take your rand note to the Southern Reserve Bank and theoretically get gold or silver for that note. And there was a time that the rand was one of the strongest currencies on the planet. I remember the rand was stronger than the British pound, stronger than the US dollar. And it's scandalous that the South rand is now like monopoly money. And uh, it's not as bad as how the Zimbabwe dollar got to get. There's a lot worse it can get you if it follows the EFF policies. 
but nevertheless, it's an important question. Does the party you are considering voting for permit a free open market economy based on private ownership property, individual enterprise, or does it hold to the discredited, unworkable socialist strategies of nationalization, thefts, uh, institutionalized envy, central control? I mean, just compare Singapore um, with many of these socialist countries. Singapore is such a strong economy because it's based on free markets and because they're tax haven, the situation in Singapore is so good that when I've gotten Bibles printed in bulk or Sudan, I normally get printed in Singapore. Now, why would I not get it printed in Kenya, which is right next door to Sudan? Well, I can print five Bibles for the price of one in Singapore. Singapore, I could print the Bibles for one-fifth the cost of what it costs in Kenya, and that includes the transportation of the Bibles across to Kenya from Singapore. So that just shows you overtaxing causes much grief. We don't need a GST. We don't need that. Uh, do you know, the um, again, when I started this mission of Frontline Fellowship, Bibles were tax-exempt. We didn't pay taxes on Bibles. Bread was also tax-exempt, by the way. Now, tax and VAT is on even services, even electricity, as you might notice. In fact, right now, you're paying more tax um then for petrol, when you buy petrol, the government gets more money out of it than even the petrol company, the country that produced it, the um, petrol station that you're buying it from. Most of the money is going to government. The government gets more out of every uh, purchase of, of petrol than even the uh, petrol companies get. So we overtaxed, obviously. The Bible makes it clear that nobody should be taxed on property Nobody should be uh, taxed who's involved in the full-time service of the Lord. And not only that, but tax must never exceed 10%. So the Bible defines taxation of 10% as oppression. Then we should return to biblical principles. I like the policies being advocated by the Cape Independence Group, which say abolish all taxes, no income tax, no VAT, no GST. All you need is TEAL, Total Economic Activity Levy. Half a percent of all economic transactions by banks, that gets taxed, just half a percent. Who's going to mind that instead of all this massive theft that we've got right now? And we would become a tax haven. We would get more money in than we're getting right now through all the different VAT and income tax through a total economic activity living. People say, how is that possible? You know, who wouldn't mind paying only half a percent of tax instead of uh, this 15% that and all the rest. And the reason is because it's got to be across the board, including mm -hmm. Anglo-American, uh, Old Mutual and all the rest. And so right now we've got too many exceptions and uh, that's why total economic activity levy would create a tax haven where businesses would pour into Cape Town. So many people are talking about, well, we're going to create so many million more jobs and we're going to end unemployment. Okay, how? Well, here's a way that you can. I know that the Cape Independence Party movements are advocating making Cape Town a tax haven. Well, a tax haven will attract businesses which will create more employment. The best way of destroying unemployment and creating jobs is to attract investors through bringing taxes way down. That's what Singapore did. That's what Hong Kong did. And Singapore has got a much bigger economy than Malaysia, which they seceded from in 1965. Hong Kong had a bigger economy than the whole of Red China. And the only reason Red China's economy has grown so much lately is because they absorbed Hong Kong, which through free enterprise and being a tax haven, 
attracted so much investment and created so much employment. Dr. Hammond, sorry, so I just want to quickly jump in here. Point. If you can just wrap up for us, um, that would be great. Yes, sorry. That's all good. Yes, I've taken a bit long on this number three, but that's why the economy is seriously important. But does the party you, you support, do they support the right to life of preborn babies? And that's also important. Are they pro-life? So there's a whole lot of key principles, but if you want to read more about it, visit savotersguide.org.za. Yeah, thanks. savotersguide.org.za. Yeah, thanks so much for that. I actually have that open on my PC at the moment, and it's really all about voting your values and to be able to see what values are important to you as a believer in Jesus and to be able to see how all the various political parties feel about that. So you can find it, just as Dr. Hammond has said, thanks for your time this morning. Sorry we had to cut you short, Dr. Hammond. but. Yes, uh, no. We're so grateful. And, Thank uh, you, Brad. Sorry, I got, I got carried away on that uh, <laughs> point on economics, but That's quite these all right. are all important principles. You're absolutely, Thank you, Brad. You're so welcome. Have a wonderful weekend, and you can catch that again if you want to uh, hear what Dr. Hammond shared. That podcast will be available for you later on this morning. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.